Welcome to Biohackers Lab, a place where we talk to smart people who are figuring out how to improve health in interesting ways. Join us to discover how you can biohack your life, your body, starting today. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Biohackers Lab. I'm your host, Gary Cohen, and on today's episode, I have Lee Yuen. Lee is a health coach teaching people how to find their flow state. He uses various conscious breathing techniques, cold exposure training, and mindset techniques to help clients from all around the world. He holds instructor certifications in the Wim Hof Method, Oxygen Advantage, Breathology, and is a trained Bulletproof coach. Lee, thanks so much for coming on for an episode for today. No worries, mate. Glad to be here. Thanks for having me. Sure. And uh, I'm, I am I really do mean it that I'm glad to have you on because I've been following you on Instagram for a long time. I've been wanting to get you on to talk about cold exposure after following lots of your pictures up there in Finland where you live and how you take nice dips in uh, some very cold situations. So today I want to introduce people to the concept of cold thermogenesis or cold adaptation and particularly start off with the question, are cold showers good for you? So we're going to explore that topic today. Sounds good. Sounds good. So my first question for you then is why do you uh, recommend cold exposure training when you're helping clients find their flow state? Well, to be honest with you, I think how it all started for me was, you know, I'm Australian and I ended up living, you know, there's a lot of things that have to take place for an Australian to come to Finland all the way up here. Um, And it's been 10 years, it's been like almost 11 years now. And of course, the the relationship with the cold, like uh, by Australian terms, nine months of the year is sort of like winter up here. And um, you have to form some relationship with the cold. And it, we have a lovely thing called sauna. It's sauna or sauna. So that kind of helps. It kind of helps things along. But um, there is this. There is still this kind of um, resistance to the cold. And I would say more this. Um, we grasp a lot to the the comfort. You know, everywhere you go, every every room you step you set foot in. Whether it's the car, your this room, for example, where you are now, um, anywhere, shopping center, it's all controlled by technology. Man, you know, like there's a, a climate control there, and over the course of time, you you kind of like your body's it runs on efficiency. If it doesn't need to use utilize energy in different areas, it it won't do that. And then, I guess what happens over time is you lose a little bit of that functionality. And um, that's why you'll you'll see this situation where there's the usually around Christmas time or let's say about first or second of uh, January you usually see the situation where um, you know the, the father of the family gets a new pair of running shoes and some Nike gear or whatever from from for Santa, from Santa and then on January second not the first because usually someone's had a few extra beers or something to celebrate. But January 2nd, they want to go out there for running in the first time. And over here in Finland, if you're running outside in that time of the year, it's pretty cold. And so what happens is that person usually gets a little bit of a a cold or a a sniffle or something and they're like, oh, damn, I'm sick. And then they they wonder why that happened, you know? So I think we kind of like, we condition ourselves to you know, the functionality is not there inside the body anymore. So cold showers, cold showers and the cold in general, I think it's an excellent, it's something we should all be doing. We should, um, you know, I'm kind of guiding people to at least take, at least take 30 seconds of their shower in the morning uh, on full cold, at least end the shower like that. 
it's a good thing. It's a good thing. It wakes you up. You get this, uh, you know, these happy hormones flood your body. Uh, you're alert, you're awake. And to be honest, you don't even need, in many cases, you don't even need to have a cup of coffee, like for another hour or so after that, it's, a, it's enough. Yeah. So my long, long winded answer, but yes, the, of course the cold showers are good for you. Yeah. So I think kind of, if I had to summarize what you just said there too, is that, um, naturally we would be exposed to ranges of temperature but modern society now keeps temperature regulated very strictly and tightly and we have the tech to be able to do that but it's still a good thing that we are exposed to different ranges and particularly even the colder ranges that we we get too scared of the cold it sounds like but there's benefits be for humans to be exposed to even cold temperatures yeah absolutely and and uh, further to that point um you know, we're, we're talking about uh, this sort of like hormetic response, so uh, a controlled burst of stress, basically. We understand that um, long sustained exposure to stress uh, leads to inflammation in the body and all these other nasty things, but a, a, a small burst of stress, like a cold shower, um, I mean, we're familiar with with uh, stress, right? Like these short bursts of stress, like a, a sauna. So, you know, you're going to get used to me saying sauna, by the way. It's a Finnish word. So we say sauna. Um, uh, fasting. Fasting is a short burst of stress that on a cellular level uh, allows your body to kick in, into some sort of like, uh, you know, some responses um, and opens up some pathways. Um, we understand that when you go into the gym and you lift the biceps, you know, it's a short burst of stress. You're actually tearing tissue apart, and it, but that kind of stress allows the body uh, to grow again and, and repair the tissue and, and heal. Um, there's, a few, there's other examples too, but the cold is an easy way. An easy way, and the cold shower. It's like so. It's so obvious. It's like everyone has a shower. I'm hoping at some point during the day. Um, and if you're having one in the morning, I mean, it just it makes perfect sense. It's a, it's a controlled burst of stress. It activates your body, wakes you up. And uh, there's a lot of health benefits that come along with that, of course. Yeah. And one of the health benefits that you mentioned there too was your immune system. So I know there's mm. there's a few different things. And uh, as I mentioned earlier in the, in the intro, you're a Wim Hof uh, method instructor. So I think a lot of people may be exposed to Wim Hof's method. And especially the, the really interesting stuff I was telling someone earlier today was when they, they took some people trained in Wim Hof and they put them in a ward in a hospital and they injected them, I think, or ex exposed them to um, like a bacteria. Yeah. And they didn't get, they didn't get the same sickness response that they expected because they were practicing breathing techniques and, and they'd been trained in it. So um, in this case here, and you mentioned it earlier too, with someone who gets sick when they go out on January the 2nd. So in this case, training ourselves to be cold adaptated, does this also help improve our immune system? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like that that study was actually really interesting because um, I'm sure I'm sure your viewers, uh, people listening to this, probably know a little bit about Wim Hof. But just really quickly, I mean, he's a, he's somebody who has about 26 Guinness Book of Records. Uh, pretty much all of them, bar one or two, um, have something to do with the cold, whether it's hiking up Kilimanjaro with just shorts on or staying um, submerged in ice. Uh, up to his neck for one hour and 45 minutes, some kind of record as well. Um, actually, that, that, particular, that particular feat was of interest because uh, that was when the, the research and the scientific world sort of had, had attention, like paid attention towards him. Um, 
I think it was on Dutch television. And of course, they kept pouring, it was in a big pers- Perspex uh, container. They kept uh, pouring the ice in and it went up to here. They had all his, they were um, reading his biometrics, all of his, all of his information, heart rates, core temperature, everything like that. And of course, he was doing his thing. He was breathing. Um, he's well, he's very, I mean, he's adapted to the cold beforehand. Um, but they actually, the, you saw his temperature was was staying around the same. Of course, that led, that they were like, okay, this is interesting. We need to study this guy. That led to that study that you referred to. Um, and of course, Wim himself, um, they injected him with the endotoxin first. He uh, did his breathing techniques. He, uh, you know, he's, you know, the cold as well, exposed to cold. And uh, they found that this endotoxin, which would usually give you some sort of like flu-like symptoms, um, you know, the, none of these signs, like his, his temperature, you know, you know, wasn't elevated, anything like this. Everything remained relatively kind of normal for him. But then, of course, the question comes, okay, you're a, you're a freak or a superhuman. So like, and, and, you know, what about normal people? What about the rest of us? Um, so that's why they got the, they, they, uh, I think it was like 10 or 12 of these, the guys came in, uh, males, they were actually too, sorry for our lady, uh, listeners, our female <laughs> listeners, but there were, uh, 12 males, I believe they came in. Um, they also got injected by the endotoxin and they've been training with WIM for about six or seven days just beforehand. And as it turns out, um, like basically none of them got any signs. I think one had a mild headache. So then of course the idea was like, okay, we really need to find out what's going on, what's going on here. And what ended up happening is that um, they discovered was when you're in, you're exposed to cold, uh, cold uh, temperatures for some, some minutes at a time, uh, somewhere between two to five minutes, especially is enough to make this reaction um, this norepinephrine and cortisol markers are elevated and that kind of suppresses the innate immune response, which means your, your, your white blood cells. It kind of resets your white blood cells or your cytokines inside your, in your blood. And this kind of like, this is like an effect that lasted for about six to seven days in the, in the subjects. So there's, that's the thing. So it's kind of like once a week you need to have this kind of prolonged exposure to cold, which brings us a little bit back to the, the cold shower because in a way it's like um, I would like to also see some further study about the cold shower because you're not actually submerged, submerged in the water. You know what I mean? Like we're, we're talking about, um, you know, ice bath level cold exposure or a um, – you know, out, you know, those pictures you're referring to earlier, there's me in the Baltic Sea and these kind of scenarios uh, or in the sea where you're, you are as well, you're situated, it's cold enough. Um, this, is, this, is, this is the level of cold exposure that had been um, being utilised there in these, in these um, studies. Um, but, of course, the way we teach it is that um, it's almost quite confronting in the morning for somebody if you're saying, hey, listen, like, like I love to say to people, Hey, make your bed. Uh, thanks to our friend Jocko Willing for that. Make your bed. It's it's kind of like ticking ticking the box. It's it's a it's a form of progress, and then go from your bed straight to the shower and have a cold shower, and you kind of build you build up this mindset there as well, where you're kind of succeeding. And each morning, it's literally like the Matrix. It's right. It's like 
the blue or the red, which one are you going to choose? It's like you would choose the, the blue or the red pill. So, um, and of course we choose the, we choose the cold, we choose the cold shower in the morning. So that's a good segue too into, which I know a lot of people are going to want to listen about. We could talk about some of the other benefits, but I think maybe this is a good time to touch on how would you introduce a cold shower to someone there? So if I, I've never done it before and I'm listening to this and I think, okay, actually I, I quite like what Lee's saying here and I can, uh, there's going to be some health benefits to me. Um, where do I even begin? It sounds like you just have a normal shower and then you said the last 30 seconds, would you just slowly turn it into cold or would you try shock yourself, like yank it all the way down and, and make it really cold? <laughs> well, it's, 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 it's cool. Like actually I've done these cold shower challenges before and yeah, I, I feel myself in there, like not like the whole way it's all PG. It's uh, you know, ever it's <laughs> especially not in a cold shower, of course. Um, but you know, I'm guiding the people through there and I kind of developed this, like I, I want it to be relatable for people, right? So if you've ever been in a swimming pool before, there's usually a couple of different types of people that will go into a swimming pool. There's the people that will go to the ankles. There's the people that will go to the knees. There's the people that will go to about the waist. And then there's the person. Then, then it's usually a little bit of a sort of a plunge in or a keep the head above. And then there's those of us who just jump in. So, so I think, like I, I set it up, I, I've introduced that the cold showers to people where you can do it in three stages. Um, and first of all, the timing, uh, you can definitely start with warm. Uh, that's no problems at all. It's actually pretty nice for your lymphatic system as well and give yourself a little bit of a flush of the toxins early in the morning. But then I would say at least for 20 or 30 seconds at the end of your, end of your shower, you can either just in, in three steps, like one, two, three, uh, slowly go cold or, and then the third one being all the way, all the way cold. And, or you can basically, like you said, shock yourself like that. But if you're going to do, if you're going to do that, I would say that, um, just gently let the, allow the water to move over your chest. You can kind of move around, uh, slow, slightly like that, but I would never really su re suggest or recommend that somebody would uh, go ahead and, you know, just put the cold on and then put their head under straight away especially in the morning, you know, if you've been laying down and it's, you literally walk straight to the bathroom in the morning, your um, blood pressure can, you know, be, be still a little bit, uh, you know, rising and stuff. And, you know, you don't want to give too much of a shock like that. Mm. But it's pretty simple. I mean, it's, it's just let the cold water um, splash on your front, maybe on your back like this. And then you're just kind of trying to breathe calmly and, and lengthen the exhale. That's the way to calm the nerves and and sort of enjoy it, you know, enjoy the sensations, feel the sensations on your body and don't sort of, don't try and resist that too much, you know, like I think people often it's sort of like um, you see people tense up a lot and you don't want to, you don't want to be tensed. You want to, you want to allow the, you want the blood to flow a little bit more freely, you know. Yeah. And I guess, uh, in, would you also then think shivering is a positive sign or a negative sign in someone? Um. Well, look, uh, shivering is not necessarily. Uh, it's we are kind of. I don't want. I don't want to say conditioned, but we are sort of like to our eye. We're trained to see if, that if somebody's shivering, it's sort of a form of weakness. It's sort of like oh, can't handle something or shielding or something like this, like this kind of defensive posture. Um, whereas, if you really think about it, um, shivering is actually your body just giving the energy, giving you the energy. You're you're asking. Okay, 
I'm cold. You know, you're under the cold, uh, you're outside, you're dressed inadequately or you're not used to the cold, whatever the situation is. And then you feel this little like this. It's literally just your body signaling, okay, here's the energy, you know? And that's why you see Wim, Wim Hof and, uh, and when we do the, the, we instruct the courses, you see the people doing this kind of Tai Chi, like um, we call it horse stance, but it's literally just moving the blood around the body and it's at the same time sort of channeling that movement into a bit more, I mean, it, it's not, let's, let's say like aesthetically, it's not really good when you have a class of 25 people going Ooh, like this, <laughs> yeah. right? But it's also, it feels nicer. It feels much more nicer, controlled, and it kind of gives, you, gives your body this kind of nice, gentle way. I mean, I mean you know what happens, right? The, the, it's, the, the veins constrict. So when you're cold, the veins constrict, um, and then you're basically, the warm blood's actually circulating around your vital organs. So your body's basically saying, okay, I got this, no problems, right? And your fingers... First thing you'll hear with people when they're cold is the fingers are cold and the toes are cold. And your body's literally telling you, like literally give it, sending you the strongest signal it can to say, hey, don't, don't stress about the small stuff. I'm telling you, like your body's saying to you, I'm telling you, that's, that's, don't worry about those. I've got you. I'll, I'll keep the warm, warm blood circulating around your vital organs, your hearts, your lungs, everywhere. And it does that by... Um, constricting the veins to your arms, to your extremities, to your, to your toes. Um, and then we, through that movement at the end, we're kind of gently moving, moving that um, warm blood back through the body again. We don't want to expedite that too quickly because you don't want to pour, pour too much of that cooler blood straight through the heart, you know? Yeah, and because I'm just also thinking for a beginner here who's listening and they're going, all right, I'm going to, you know, tomorrow morning I'm, I'm going to have that cold shower. But, yeah, they're going to start shivering and think, oh, my God, how does he do this? And how did, uh, you know, I'm, I feel like uh, I don't know if I can do this again. But so in this yeah. kind of situation, I'm, I'm wondering, it's so if someone feels like they're shivering, it's okay, that's a, a natural response. You're going to be doing that. And maybe that yeah. shiver reaction is going to calm down over time, over a period. You would expect that to change. Yeah, of course. Yeah, the best way, that's that's when we would, uh, you know, I might take the opportunity to also say, like, if, if people are, like, investigating the Wim Hof method and all this sort of thing, of course, there are t there are other two components. There is the breathing that everybody is familiar with and then there's the cold. And we don't want to mix the two. We don't want to, it's really important to, for people to understand we don't want to do this deep breathing, deep breathing, and then jump into the cold shower because uh, there can be some, you know, change of blood pressure and things like that. And then you pour a bunch of cold water on yourself. Uh, you know, it, you can, you can pass out, you can fall over these kind of things. So we just really want to separate those two things. However, when you, when you have had the cold shower and you've, you've kind of calmed your breathing, you're relaxed, you're sort of like lengthening the exhale, you're lowering the heart rate. You're saying, hey, okay, this isn't so bad. There are those moments as you're explaining where, we kind of get that little, ooh, 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 you know, the little door starts going, oh, hang on, something's happened here. Um, in those cases, I would say it's important not to, not to do what we were just saying before. Don't, don't come in here. Don't sort of like try and like wrap yourself up, curl yourself up on the couch and hope, wait till it's over or something like that. Just, just gently move around. Just gently move around. Um, if, you, if you're... Um, I don't know. It depends what situation you're in. You can just move, move yourself to the kitchen. You can make some, you can sort of like, um, 
it, it usually doesn't take long. If you're only 20 or 30 seconds, it's just moving, walking once or twice around the house gently. It's, it's enough to get the blood flowing. And then you're like, okay, I feel great now. I mean, that's, that's usually literally how it was for me when I first started, mm-hmm. you know, in a few years back now, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, you just gently want to move the, the blood through the body. Yeah. Uh, what we don't want to do, uh, what we don't want to do for any beginners is we don't want to drop down and do a hundred push-ups really quickly. Okay. So we don't want to really expedite that process, uh, of, of that cold, the cold, um, blood actually going straight through the heart again or anything like that. So just gentle, slow movement. That's why I walk some gentle pacing through the house or walking from one room to another. It's usually enough. It's usually enough for people. But if we, if we get down and do hundred pushups real quick, we're kind of like expediting that process and it can, it, it, it just, it's best to let that um, occur a little bit more naturally, you know? So that's a good tip there is don't stress yourself after that cold exposure there. Don't, if you're at a gym in the morning, don't try to do a cold shower, then go out and do a big workout straight away. Yes. And that, actually that's a, that's a really nice segue to the, the next usual question is uh, from this kind of thing is like, can I do the cold after a workout? I don't know if you want to touch on that at all, but sure. um, so Usually, like studies are now showing that um, cold after, like, let's say resistance training, uh, regular workout resistance training, uh, actually is not a good idea. For the for the generally speaking, it's not a great idea. Why? Well, because if you've been lifting, you know, we pump the biceps or you know, get that um, hypertrophy uh, kind of reaction in the body from lifting weights, resistance training. Um, what we want to do is we want to allow the body to have that natural inflammation. It's all about blood flow as well. So you, the best thing you can actually do after training is have your, you have your protein or what, whatever sort of nutrients you want to uh, introduce into the body. Um, but then actually the sauna is the best, is the best, um, is, it's the best thing to do after. The, the, where it changes a little bit is when you end up having, um, sort of like a uh, performance athlete, somebody who's training intensively. Uh, you know, I'm talking about like a three, four, five times a week training for a football team or Olympic athlete or someone like that. We start to see a good, um, when they're not particularly training uh, like resistance or trying to build muscle, it's actually a good thing to do to like uh, recover the joints and the tendons and ligaments and these d- different tissues by having the cold after the training. So it's okay. Like that's why you see a lot of these mixed martial artists that jump in the ice bath after they've been rolling in the mats and doing jujitsu all day or, or, you know, hitting the pads and things like that. So that's, that's, that's the thing. So in summary, what we want to do after resistance training, um, we don't want to do the cold after resistance training. We want to get to the sauna if you can, um, because your uh, human growth hormone factor increases the testosterone levels increase as well. And then not only that, but you get that, you know, in a sauna, you're getting that blood flow, your veins are opening up, the blood, the blood, the blood's um, circulating really freely in the body. If you've had your uh, uh, post-workout nutrients, shake, whatever, whatever your weapon of choice is, um, it's just going to flood the tissues with the, with the nutrients straight after. Whereas if you think about having a cold shower, uh, like a cold, you know, if they have a, um, a plunge tank or something like this, an ice bath in some cases, if you actually have, if you partake in that after, 
your, your veins are going to do this. You're not going to get the blood flow. And, you, you know, it basically suppresses the, the inflammation in the body, which is what you actually want. That's, that's what we're aiming for after the, you know, we want to allow that to occur naturally in the body after your training so that the healing and reparation process can sort of like uh, start already after your workout. Yeah, so that's a great one because um, I'm sure people have watched uh, elite athletes on TV. I can, you know, being South African, I can think of rugby players. Uh, you talked about MMA players. I'm sure American football players. People do a lot of contact sport. They when they when they finish competing, you may see them on the sideline jump into an ice bath. But in that case, that's a good thing for them to help minimize the injury component. But if you're training to grow muscle and build muscle, then the ice is not ideal straight after a training session. Exactly, yeah. exactly. And especially sports where there could be some sort of, like the sports you've mentioned there are very contact sports. There's a lot of contact going on there. Definitely boxing and this kind of thing for sure. Rugby, you've got guys just, just you know, shoulders, bruised, corks, you know, you get these muscle, muscle, uh, goodness me, I remember that's taking me back to my, my rugby days now, thinking about all the corked uh, thighs I would get and all this sort of stuff. But those kind of sports where there's this heavy contact, where there's like a, a, a tissue, um, like this kind of thing, I think it's actually a pretty good thing. And especially when there's, it's more like a, let's say it's more like a cardio uh, related sort of sport, you know? Um, so you can kind of give the, give the ligaments and joints a bit of a rest and, and suppress the inflammation. Whereas if you want, you want to introduce the inflammation to the body, you just want to let it occur. So that's mm. why that's we're talking about weightlifting and resistance stuff. And so do you also see that a benefit then it being in Finland and talking about sauna, uh, that it's, tra it's traditional that you do the heat and then you, ju you jump straight outside into the cold in the snow or the water or a cold shower. Um, mm. So the reason I asked that is because I came across someone who, because uh, saunas are quite popular now, getting home saunas for various reasons. But someone was yeah. was was discussing how for their autonomic nervous system, so their anxiety or their stress response, that they found they do cold and then the heat. Or do you find if someone's trying to relax their nervous system, the heat and then the cold is still a good thing? Um, I would say to, to me, cold is active in a sense. Do you know what I mean? Like uh, it's it's a it's a sympathetic response. Um, it, like, how do you feel if you if you've had a if you go into the cold, you're like alert, you know, you get your your pupils dilate, uh, you know, you're you're starting to breathe more. You're going into this kind of well, now it's fight, flight, or fright or freeze. Uh, now that it's showing showing this kind of, we used to think it's fight or fight or flight only, but we're not seeing so many people nowadays when there's a terrorist shooting when not seeing that fight thing anymore are we we're not seeing someone run at the gunman or whatever it's more kind of like protection and freeze and and protect protect yourself um but when you're in the shower when you're in the cold i mean you're in this kind of like more sympathetic sympathetic drive um whereas if you go to the sauna i feel everything slows down everything kind of feels more sort of mm, comfort like relaxed you know um there is a nice play between the two there is a really nice play between the two. And I think a lot of people are starting to introduce this as just a sort of circulatory system workout um, as well, especially after training, you can kind of like dabble, uh, go, go back and forth between the two. Um, but to be honest, I think like for me personally, it's, it's more cold during the morning to wake up and get, get you know, 
you know, be in that more active state in the morning. And in the evening, I'm, I'm by the way, fortunate enough to have a, a sauna in my apartment. So I can, you know, I can get my, I can get my uh, four to five times a week, which is what I do, which is what's recommended uh, um, in, a, in a finished study, of course. Um, that's, that's a perfect way for me to sort of like re- relax and uh, usually after training of some sort of description um, and just kind of relax and get into my sleep, sleep mode, you know. So, and, and just on that, by the way, I think all of those, I would say probably about 85% of those pictures that you were mentioning about Instagram and all that, that you've seen me in some body of water, I would say 85% of those times, maybe higher, I've, uh, it's just the cold. There's no sauna waiting for me on the shore somewhere. There's no, that you know, I'm, I'm working with the cold after that, you know? Hmm. So um, I think there's a real value to, I mean, I often think of the, the cold and the sauna as completely separate things. They're, they're nice. Then they're, they're nice. It's a, it kind of extends the fun a little bit more, you know, like you have a cold, if you have a cold dip in the Baltic sea, you're hanging out there for a few minutes, someone goes in, then you're waiting and then it's your turn. And then you kind of, you move around, you, you, you work with the cold a little bit, then you kind of get dressed, you towel off and you get dressed. And then it's like, okay, that was good 15, 20 minutes total. But if it's a more of a social setting, I think the sauna is a really nice, it, it's, it, it kind of adds a lot of value there. But to me, honest, to be honest with you, I'm really all about um, feeling, feeling things, you know, I don't want to, um, I don't want to shirk away from any of those things. I want to work with it. I want to feel those sensations in the body. I want to feel my, my body and my cells waking up. Um, and I want to know what I'm capable of. I want to know that I can handle those things. Um, and also, again, we don't, if you go quickly, well, probably one of the worst experiences I've ever had was when I went too quickly from the cold into the sauna, got all excited, plenty of adrenaline. Um, actually, I was with another Wim Hof Method instructor, so there might have been this kind of silent competition <laughs> going on that we because we met each other for the first time. So we we're in the Baltic Sea and we were kind of looking at each other like, should we go, should we go get out now? It was like five, six minutes or something. So we, we got out of there. And we spent about, I would say, 30, 40 seconds um, kind of with the, you know, moving around and stuff. And then we were like really chatting away and like, yeah, because we had all those nice happy hormones pumping through the veins. And then we went straight to the sauna. And almost immediately, almost immediately, as soon as we got in here, I felt this really, really uneasy feeling. Um, Both of us did. We looked at each other. I said, I've got to get out of here. I got to get out of here. This is not the time to. Um, this is not the time to uh, kind of sit there and you know let the ego um, take over here. So we both got out, and I, I said, "Hey, listen, let's 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 sit outside for a while because we'd we'd gone in way too quickly after that kind of. Um, usually, it's the other way. Like people are more concerned about going from the sauna jumping into the cold, but I've I've always found that fine if. We have the ladders, so usually you can just kind of like step down the ladder. But I don't. I love jumping in. I love jumping. In. I love submerging the face and the head as well. But the other way is, is in my opinion, a bit more of a uh, a danger. Um, like I've 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 had probably more negative experiences or sort of things where I'm like, whoa, hang on a second. Uh, when I've gone to the heat too quickly after the cold, huge uh, pressure in the head and things like that. Yeah, and that's a good segue to uh, 
or just I'm thinking here relating back to people who are just doing showers. So they may yes. think, should I do the cold and then the hot, and finish off with the hot to relax? But in this case, it sounds still that, uh, I mean, what we're talking about is more extreme temperatures from Baltic Sea to sauna. But even yeah. here as a basic, you could have your nice warm shower, but it's still a benefit to finish with the cold then. Yeah, I think so. I mean, let's be honest. There's just day. There are like even for me. There's just days where you're like, you know what? I just want a warm shower, okay? <laughs> and and that, there's nothing wrong with that. It's okay. It's, you don't lose any cool points, or you know, they don't revoke your uh, certification for Wim Hof or anything like that. Um, but it's okay to start with that. But I think I think depending on what you're trying to achieve in the day and what kind of person you are i mean we're talking about here we're talking about biohacking here right we're trying to get the we're trying to get the most out of ourselves um we're trying to make things efficient we're trying to get into those states do you really want to like do we really need to have all this kind of stimulate like external stimulation like do we really need the coffee like this one that one this one i'm all i'm saying is that all let's say all i'm offering is that finishing on the cold you will feel it. You will feel the lift um, in your in your mood. You'll feel the sort of sensations. You're definitely going to have those um, happy hormones pumping through the veins first thing in the morning, um, and you'll just have energy, you know. And you, and if you've made your bed and you've had the cold shower, you'll have ticked a couple of things off, and you'll be like, okay, the the, the day is my the world is my oyster today, you know. Like let's let's get it on. Hmm. So I, I'm kind of like you can just build it's a good platform to build the rest of your day it's like a springboard in a way mm -hmm. so for beginners too or even intermediates um would you suggest that people do this consecutively for x amount of days so like try at least have this cold shower for the next seven days 30 days straight and then once you're into the groove and you and you're comfortable with your cold that you only need to do it like your sauna only four or five times a week or three times a week or something um, to, to be honest with you, most people that most people that uh, work with me, uh, they end up doing the they they're still on the cold showers. They're on day one hundred or year or whatever it is. At least they tell me that. But you know, like I said, there's no you don't lose anything for having a warm shower. But, but what I'm saying is that people just end up enjoying that energy and enjoying that burst that burst that they get in the morning. Um, so much that they just basically flip the switch. It's just cold, you know. Mm -hmm. and again, sometimes you know, sometimes you, you sleep a bit funny. You have a bit of a you know tight neck, and you just like to have a bit of uh, warm water run over that, and sort of like massage or like sort of you know move around a little bit. But then you, you know you can soap up during that time. Then you have the cold shower, and literally, if I have someone to do that do that for three weeks, which is about twenty one days, it's this magical number that uh, you know a lot of researchers have felt that that's the way to uh, introduce a habit or get rid of a habit um, or change some behaviors in in the brain um, the first week i would tell people uh try and try and within that first week get to about one minute can you can you have one minute in the shower and of course starting with 20 30 seconds doing that consecutively and then you know okay if you haven't done it by the seventh day yeah okay let's just give it one minute Second, second week, I would say, okay, now let's, let's keep it at one minute. And you're kind of getting this gradual cold exposure like this where your kind of body's like, like accepting that. It's, there's some small adaptation occurring, of course. And then by the third week, we're kind of like the last 
maybe the last couple of days we're saying, okay, give it a go. Try the, try, try the full cold shower now. See how you feel. Can you do that? So, and by the end of this 21-day cold shower challenge, we basically got mo- like the majority of the people are like doing the full cold shower. And they're like, oh my God, I, f- I feel great. I feel amazing. Yeah, that's a great challenge. So by the end of 21 days, you wouldn't have even turned on the hot. You go straight into the cold and you can handle it. Yeah, that's the thing. You know, we, we try and give, give the people an opportunity to do that like once or twice towards the end. And by the, like, by the last day, like mm. I'm not joking either. We had like 600, 650 people went on to the, I don't know if everyone was doing that, but of course, you know, when you have the Instagram stories or whatever, you can see how many times somebody's like checked that. And people are just flooding, like asking me, like thanking me, saying, hey, this is great. It's like, hey, it's up to you. You're the one who's doing it. You're, you're turning up every day and doing it, you know. But I think we all, at the end of the day, we just, there's so much information out there. Um, and, and it's just nice to have some kind of format to do that. And it's nice to have some, a little bit of framework to follow. And yeah, sure, have somebody to kind of hold your hand, virtually hold, hold your hand uh, to do that and kind of get that. Uh, you know, you get the power of the group and the support of the of of the tribe. You know, mm-hmm. and that's exactly also what these podcasts are about: is to help someone anywhere in the world right now. So you could be at any latitude, longitude, wherever, whatever country. Hopefully, you've got running water and you can just practice this. Um, but and and be inspired by you to say, okay, I heard Lee, and it it doesn't sound too bad, and I know the steps now, and what to do, and what to watch out for. And yeah, absolutely, mate. It's great. It's great work what you're doing, and. Um, just just on that point as well, I would say that like for anybody who's, um, you know, d- we didn't talk too much about brown fat, which is something from Wim Hof method as well. And, and we studied with Wim Hof, let's say. Um, but this brown fat um, that's sort of naturally occurring in the body, um, 18 degrees Celsius and below is where that starts to, um, it starts to produce, the body starts producing that. So 18 degrees and below. So for those people in Florida or those people in, you know, summertime in Joburg or in Australia or wherever, um, if you can get to the water where it's 18 degrees and less, it's enough to have an effect, you know. Mm-hmm. So that's usually what people are saying, how cold's cold. Um, and, you know, as cold as, cold as you, you can have it, of course, but just keep in mind that 18 degrees and, and less you're getting an effect um, something from 12 and below is pretty is a pretty good hit of cold or a dose of the cold exposure. So I'm just looking that up now. So the, for anyone in the US on Fahrenheit, that's 64 Fahrenheit uh, is 18 degrees Celsius. So you're saying anything below that is where you're going to get the benefit. And as long as your, your cold water supply in your home is that temperature, then you're getting the benefit. Yeah, that's the other variable that we um, <laughs> that we can't always control. You know, that's why I think that's why I think it's great. I mean, like in Australia, for example, the guys are really uh, taking to that, especially in the summer. It's kind of like a little, it's like kind of like a little festive kind of thing that people like to do now, where they get the the, the you know everyone chips in for a big big bag of twenty kilos of ice, and then they they throw it all in, and then they have those little pools or the plunge tanks or what what have you. And they, they're, they're just doing this and they're all dancing around the thing. It's a, it's a great social thing. But that's the summertime's the, the sort of like the easy thing, the easy time. And then it's then the real challenge is like turning up like and doing that in the morning time where you're kind of like, oh, and you, you kind of 
when you're tired, comfort is the thing. It doesn't matter if you're on a long flight from one side of the world to the other. You just want to feel some form of comfort, you know. Um, when you wake up out of the bed and you've had a little bit of a, it doesn't matter what kind of sleep you've had. It, it doesn't matter. Usually when you wake up out of bed, it's like, okay, well, the, the, the default mode is actually the, the, the warm shower. And what we're trying to just, we're trying to offer people is like, if you start the day outside of the comfort zone, then every, everything's possible from there. So that's, that's the cool thing. We're trying to create the default is the, is the, is the blue tap, the cold, the blue pill in the matrix or the cold shower. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> that also is something I wanted to ask you was winters. I mean, your winters are cold. So you could even still have a cold shower in your home and it's freezing outside. And so there's, you would still recommend people practice cold shower training in wintertime too. Oh, for sure. For sure. Well, when you think about it, you probably, you're probably going to be exposed to cold less in the winter, right? Because you're rugged up, you've got your jackets on, you've got gloves, scarves, everything that you, you don't want to hang around outside too long. You, you're getting, you know, you're quickly scuttling from one, one, um, mode of transportation to another or one building to another because it's snowing or it's ice on the ground. You're just trying to get, get out of there. So in most, in most cases, that's when people experience the cold the least. So the water in the tap is real cold. I mean, it's even this time of the year, you can get a pretty, like this morning, Hey, I felt it this morning. That's for sure. But, um, you know the air temperature. With there's a certain amount, there's a certain amount of uh, cold you get, but you're gonna you have to seek that in the winter. That's why we do those cold. That's why we like actually not too far from where I'm sitting now. There's the there's the little we call it avanto, and that's a Finnish word for hole in the ice. And you got to dig that out. And and any again anyone who wants to try that stuff, if you're in a cold climate and you're like, well, okay, let's do this. Um, don't don't. I would recommend not to. Do it so that you would uh, swim around first, first for a while. You need that's swimming around in cold bodies of water, um, where it's especially when it's if it's frozen water or, or like we Baltic Sea is like plus two, plus two, and it's like you know by the by mid winter it's like we're talking about 30, 40 centimeters of of ice that uh, forms there because we have very uh, low salt. Um, content like it's not not much salt in the water so the ice can actually form um but what i'm always doing or encouraging people and where i always make the hole here like it's a public hole that i make so anyone can go there anytime um at their own at their own um responsibility um but it's always a a a hole that somebody can stand in for like just about anyone can stand in and you can actually just duck you you kind of like crouch on down in there so you can it's, it's it's a safe you can hold on to the side and you can crouch on down in there. I really, I've never done it before where I've just taken people to open water for the first time and have them swimming around because there's just a lot going on there. You know, it's, it's, you know, people call me crazy because I'm, I'm more scared of what the, the murky waters of the, of, of the Baltic sea and these, these lovely lakes that they have here than the Australian beaches, at least in the Australian beach, you can kind of, it's like the visibility is pretty good. You can see, okay, there's fish over there and all that sort of stuff and the sand on the ground and it's not the same over here. So it's kind of like the fear of the unknown a little bit. So I just like to keep it nice and close to shore and just have the people just ducking down in there and then you can help them out of there and, and you, you keep it real um, hygienic in a sense, you know, mm-hmm. and safe. 
safe for people. Oh, great. Well, Lee, we've been talking for nearly an hour here, and I think I've learned quite a bit already from yourself. You know, so many great tips that you shared there about cold showers. I know that we've also touched on the the the, the deeper cold. I'm going to call it as you were talking about there at the end, and that's something that uh, someone would need guidance and training for. And so, in this case here, if someone wants to contact you, keep in touch with you. Uh, find out more about services you may offer to, to help people. Um, what are the best links or social media places that you would recommend people to go to? Oh, to contact me directly, um, just my name uh, on Instagram. That's the that's the the place where most people find me. Lee Ewan, one one sort of word, no gaps in between, um, no no capitals, just all or lowercase, Lee Ewan, you can find me there. Or then I have a website uh, where I have my events and happenings there. It's uh, flowness.io. Um, yeah, and that's the, they're, they're the two best places. And then, of course, you can, I mean, there's all these different certifications that I have and, you know, Wim Hof, uh, wimhofmethod.com. You can go there if you're interested in uh, learning more. I think they have a little free a free course that you can do there so you can kind of get get your get some experience with it and see what it's all about. And then of course, all the different instruct in, um, uh, courses and workshops that are there. But um, yeah, that's, uh, I would just recommend that anybody uh, give it a go, you know, give it a go, challenge yourself. Um, you can do it. The body's made for that. That's the, that's the message. You know, it's uh, if you, if you have cold fingers and toes uh, when you're in the cold, congratulations, you're a perfectly normal, normal in, functioning human being that's the message it's exactly how it's supposed to be well that's a perfect little test i think anyone can do so lee i just want to say thank you again i'm going to link to all those in the show notes for people and um yeah that was a that was a great interview thank you again pleasure mate thanks for having me (laughs) 